May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Today we are brought back again to the first epistle of St. John. Last week on the first Sunday after Trinity, we read from the fourth chapter of the epistle, and today on the second Sunday after Trinity, we read from the third chapter of this epistle. And this morning, I'm not going to stick just to our passage from that third chapter, but rather sort of blend things together into one major theme instead of compartmentalizing. And the message is simple. Keep the love of God in Christ at the center of your life and as the source of your love for one another. The first epistle of St. John is only five chapters long. It doesn't take long at all to read it. Actually, in Greek, it has only a little more than 2,100 words. And that's about the length of one of my normal sermons. So it would be about a 13 to 14 minute sermon if I were to preach that word for word, which I'm not going to do today. So it's not very long at all, especially as compared to some of St. Paul's other epistles or other books of the Bible. But length should not be a judge of importance, especially knowing that every book of the Bible is important. Otherwise, it wouldn't be in there. First John centers around what we could call the correlation between Christ's love and work in and for us and the outpouring of that love from us towards the brethren. We can't escape that theme or that term love because John mentions it more than 40 times over in this short epistle. John's first epistle really hits hard on what John witnessed and and learned of Christ, especially on the night when Jesus washed the disciples' feet. And then he said to them, as I have done to you, so should you do to one another. A new commandment I give to you, says Jesus, that you should love one another. John's theme also correlates to the truth that Jesus said in Matthew 25. You can confess Christ all the day long, but if such a confession is not backed by deeds and expressions of Christ-like love, then he will say, I do not know you. St. John says in this week's epistle lesson, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And he says again, we know that we have passed from death unto life. We have that assurance. Why? Because we love the brethren. We also heard, and this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And then last week we heard, read in chapter 4, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. As I said, 40 times over, John speaks about God's love for us in Christ Jesus and then the outflowing of such love from us towards the brethren. Now, I don't know about you, but these are some hard verses to hear. I mean, he that doesn't love doesn't know God. 
Furthermore, every week we hear what has been termed the golden rule. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And there's not a Christian who hasn't struggled with inner turmoil about Jesus' teaching of love your enemies and bless them which persecute you. Sometimes it can be hard to love. At least in the way that we're told that we should. Oftentimes when we want to show our love, we don't. And vice versa, when we want to avoid something which shows an unlove for someone, oftentimes that's what we end up doing. And then we have our own lusts. We often put our efforts at love towards the very things which we are not supposed to love. The truth is, is that we're probably better at hating than we are at loving. We're better at division than we are at healing and unity. We're better at ignoring than we are at helping. We're better at loving ourselves than we are at loving the brethren. Oftentimes we love only when it's convenient for us, or we love when it serves our purpose. And there's not a doubt in my mind that St. John felt as we do sometimes. Just because he has that name saint before his name doesn't mean that he didn't struggle with the very things that we and all humans in sin have struggled with. As a matter of fact, St. John was known as a son of thunder. John and his brother James, the middle window over there, are given that name by Jesus. And we aren't told why, but we do know that there was one vivid incident when we see that James and John possessed some truly thunder-like qualities. Jesus and his disciples were traveling through Samaria on their way to Jerusalem, and they, they ran into some trouble. And Jesus attempted to find some accommodations for the night, but he was met with opposition from those in the village, simply because his destination was Jerusalem, which was a result of the, the Jew or the Israel-Samaritan uh, battle that they had. And this is what the scriptures say. When the disciples, James and John, saw this, they asked the Lord, or they asked, Lord, do you want us to call down fire from heaven to destroy them? In like manner as Elijah called down fire to destroy the heathen priests. John wanted God to destroy them. John's response to the Samaritan reveals a, a fervency, an impetuosity, an anger that could probably be called thunderous. And we can be sure that there were other times when James and John lived up to their nickname. And they probably got this quality from their mother, as it is their mother who comes to Jesus, asking for James and John to have the seats next to Jesus in heaven or in his kingdom. They were concerned about who would be greatest even amongst themselves. So John is no stranger to looking out for himself. John is no stranger to wanting to, to call down some of God's wrath on those who oppose him. And I'm sure John struggled like we do with emotions and circumstances and vulnerabilities and pains that sometimes caused him to not feel so loving towards another. But friends, this is where his own life is a testament to what he preaches. We see how the love of Christ showed toward him, changed him, and centered him. As one writer put it, John went from being a son of thunder to an apostle of love. Love became his theme, so much so that he refers to himself in his own gospel account as the, quote, disciple whom Jesus loved. 
That was not simply a way of avoiding saying his own name in the third person. It wasn't a way as making him feel more important than the other disciples, but rather an expression and an embracing of who he understood himself to be. His single most important defining characteristic was, Jesus loved me. And so St. John brings all of us back again to Jesus in his epistle. Herein is love, he says, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. That's the source of it. That's the key. That's what overcomes those times when we don't, quote, feel like loving. That's what helps us overcome those times of emotional ups and downs. That's what helps us conquer our desire to destroy our enemy and instead to love them indeed. It is to God's love in sending Jesus to die for us miserable sinners that we must constantly turn. And it must be the foundation then for loving one another. I came across this illustration when preparing for today and I offer it up as we close our time today. Many years ago before the sensitive and politically correct society in which we live today, there was a boy who was continually in trouble. He was forever breaking the rules. He was always getting into trouble at school, causing problems with other children and with teachers. And his father couldn't understand why. I mean, he provided for him in every way, with a good home. He spent time with him fishing, going to his ball games, and he showered him with this unconditional love. But the father just couldn't figure out why the boy wouldn't mind. He had been raised in church. He had even been in Sunday school for five years at this point. And his father was consistently reading the Bible to him, and his father had never provoked him to anger. His son's behavior was a, a mystery to him. Well, one day, when he was upstairs playing around with his baseball, which he had been told repeatedly not to do, he ended up breaking one of his bedroom windows. And the boy was 10 years old, and he certainly knew better because his father had told him time and again not to play ball in the house. The father headed upstairs, and he took off his belt. The boy knew what was coming, so he voluntarily bent over the edge of the bed something that I was very familiar with growing up. <laughs> but instead, the father said, Son, here, take this belt. And his father took off his own shirt, and he kneeled down on the edge of the bed. And he said, Son, I want you to give me seven lashes with this belt across my back. And his son started to cry and, and said that he couldn't do it. And his father kept insisting until the son finally relented and started hitting his father across the back with the belt, but it wasn't hard enough. And he said, harder, son, harder. When the boy finally lashed the belt across his father's back seven times with greater force, the father asked him, son, do you know why I had you do this? And the son said, no. The father said, when Jesus went to the cross for us, he took the worst punishment. He was pummeled, he was beaten, he was punished like no one has ever been punished. But do you know, or but who do you really think did this to Jesus? And the boy, still whimpering, hesitated and finally said he thought it was the Jews or, or the Romans. But the boy's father said, no, it was God the Father who sent Jesus. 
that he might save those who didn't deserve saving. That is how much the Father and Jesus loved us. It was God's love most gloriously displayed for us who actually deserved that wrath. The boy was shaken deeply by this lesson, and from that day forward, the boy never seemed to get into the same amount of trouble again. Not perfect, but changed. And the way he treated others completely changed. Maybe it was because he wasn't sure how his dad would react again. The boy didn't ever want to use the belt on his dad again, even though the dad never said anything about it again. Whatever it was, that message of God's love displayed on the cross by Christ forever changed that young man. That love changed the life of St. John. And friends, that love changes us forever. Beloved, if God so loved us, then we ought also to love one another. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.